Good morning to the land of social media. I'm Dr. Clement Palmer III. Welcome to another episode of Bible Topics. I'm broadcasting on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter at DRC Palmer 3, LinkedIn, and podcast for you podcast lovers. If you appreciate this video, please go to YouTube, check, like, and subscribe. And if you're interested in a particular topic, let me know on the website, www.drclementpalmer.com. The sole purpose is to save souls. The topic today is hell. There are so many questions we have about hell. I'll try to answer a few. I want you to find hell, talk a bit about is it a literal place, and talk about whether it's avoidable or not. That's just a start. The early church fathers believed in a literal hell. Many Christians today hold this view. There's disagreement on the, the quality or the type of suffering that goes on in hell. And if the language in the Bible is literal all the time pertaining to hell, there are some people who outright reject hell. It's interesting to me that the same people who reject hell has told somebody in the past to go to hell. Additionally, there's a lot of different names that are uh, symbolic for hell or covariant with hell. Um, I'll try to de define hell. According to this topic here today, it would be defined as the eternal separation from God where conscious punishment exists. Words like Sheol, Hades, the grave, and Gehenna, and Lake of Fire are synonymous with uh, hell and, and death. Sheol is a Hebrew word, which, mean, which means, means the grave or the, the spirit world of the dead or a combination of meanings. When it's applied to the spirit world of the dead, it always refers to the wicked. When it applies to the dead, the postmortem disembodied existence of a person is a place of punishment. Now, the Old Testament, the righteous who died in the Old Testament did not go to Sheol. They went directly to heaven. Old Testament believers, upon their death, went directly to God's blessed presence based on the work that Jesus would do on their behalf in the fullness of time. Now, Sheol asked a grave. Psalm 88, according to the English Standard Version, reads, For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those who you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand or from your care. Now that's Sheol as a grave. Now Sheol is a place of disembodied punishment for the wicked. We need to clear up uh, one thing that the Old Testament indicates that the wicked and the righteous do not go to the same place. You got to have that in your mind. Psalm 49, 8. The terminology, the term ransom is very important here. R-A-N-S-O-M. This is a biblical term refers to to deliver or redeem someone from punishment for sin. So we're going to, that means to deliver or redeem someone for, from punishment, from punishment for sin. This is what Jesus did for, for the saved now. The payment of redemptive value. There are two groups in Psalm 49, 8 through 13. The unfaithful group with foolish confidence and the faithful who sings this psalm. God treats them differently when they die. The unfaithful are like sheep appointed for Sheol, but the faithful God will ransom the faithful person's soul from the power of Sheol. Let's examine Psalm 49, 7. Surely no man can ransom another, 
or give to God the price of his life. For the ransom of that life is costly and can never suffice, so that he should live on forever and never see the pit. Like sheep they are appointed for Sheol, death shall be their shepherd. 49.15 But God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. A lot of people see these, that verse as, as an assurance of the resurrection. But look at it differently with the idea of ransom in mind. To ransom my redeemed from shield does not imply that the righteous go there for a period of time and are removed, but that they are redeemed from going there at all. This is shield or boat for the wicked. Now, Hades, this is the Greek word in the New Testament that means the same thing as shield did in the Old Testament. One, the grave, two, the, the postmortem disembodied punishment for the wicked only. The grave, Acts 2 27. This is Peter writing about what David wrote in Psalm 16. So Peter writing about what David wrote, David foresaw, he foresaw this and spoke about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, David could not have been speaking about himself because he was never resurrected. His body stayed in a grave in Jerusalem. So Peter is quoting David. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me. My flesh would dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades. I let your Holy One see corruption. Now, this corruption is decay or rot in the grave. Jesus' body never decayed and never rotted in the grave. Now, Hades is a place of disembodied punishment. Just like Sheol, Hades is a temporary place of punishment for the wicked. Luke 16, 19. The story of the rich man and Lazarus. This text presents Hades as a place of punishment for the wicked during the intermediate state. The rich man and Lazarus are not both in Hades. Some say they both were in Hades, but, but just different apartments. They were not both in Hades. My proof is only the rich man is suffering. Hades is a temporary place uh, between death and the resurrection. Plus, Revelation 20 and 13 makes it clear. Death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, which means it was temporary. The rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, who feasted sumptuously every day, at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, who was covered with sores. Lazarus desired, desired to feed from the which what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs licked his sores. Now, both died. The poor man was taken by angels to Abraham's bosom, and the rich man was buried. The rich man was being tormented in Hades. He lifted up and saw Abraham for all. At, uh, he saw Abraham for all and Lazarus at his side. The rich man said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. Abram said, child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, but now he is comforted here and you are in anguish. And besides, there is a gulf between us so that we who are here cannot cross to you and you cannot cross to us. 
Church, I want to give you uh, at least four rules on working on more that will help you theologically. Number one, nobody's going to ever surprise God because he knows everything. Number two, no one is ever going to say God exists without the Holy Spirit. And number three, no one can truly please God without faith. And number four, no one's going to jump this guff. Look at the rich man's consciousness. And consciousness and thinking. This is his spirit because the spirit never dies. The rich man suddenly becomes evangelistic. Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so he may warn them, lest they also may come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, mm -mm. They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And the rich man said, mm -mm. no father Abraham, but if someone would go to them from the dead, they will repent. And Abraham said, mm -mm. if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, they neither would they be convinced if someone will rise from the dead. This is exactly what Jesus did. And people still didn't believe. Gehenna and the lake of fire. This is a place of embodied punishment for the wicked. Now, Gehenna was a literal place in the Bible. This is known for a lot of uh, bad deeds, child sacrifice, everything. And this is sort of what Jesus was talking about in Mark chapter 9. Mark 9, 43, Jesus said, If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life maimed. And to there with two hands and go into hell where the fire never goes out. Now, don't go cutting yourself and that kind of thing. It's just the way Jesus was trying to convey his message. Jesus said, if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. If your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye then they have two eyes and be thrown into hell where the worms that eat them do not die and the fire is not quenched. This occurs after the resurrection at the last judgment. So Gehenna is equivalent to the lake of fire in Revelation 20. Death and Hades gave up the dead. The dead now resurrected and embodied would be thrown into the lake of fire with Satan and his demons. But Satan and his demons are without bodies since they are angels and are incorporeal or have no material existence. Revelation 20 15. Anyone whose name was not written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. In conclusion, I'm so glad that my name is written in the book of life. I'm so glad I do not have to go somewhere to get clean. I'm so glad that the blood of Jesus did it all. I'm happy that Peter wrote that we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance which is incorruptible and undefiled, which will not fade away, reserved in heaven for us. And we're being saved by the power of God through faith for salvation. I'm glad that God gives us a choice. We can choose his moral ways we can choose hell. God will not demand and make us do anything. Thank you, Lord. I'm glad the Lord has more than one side. 
a side of wrath and a side of love. Mm, and Jesus turns away wrath. Thank you, Lord, for what you what you did at Golgotha. Golgotha. They offered my Lord wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. They crucified him and cast lots for his clothes. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The charge read, King of the Jews. He was crucified between two thieves, one on the right and one on the left. And those that passed by insulted him, shaking their head. Mm-mm-mm. Said, you're going to destroy this temple and rebuild it in three days. Well, come down and save yourself. Darkness covered the land from 12 noon to 3 p.m. And Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm. Someone ran and offered him a sponge filled with wine and vinegar. And someone else said, Leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah is going to come get him. Mm. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. And he was buried in a barred tomb. But on the third day morning, he rose with all power in his hand. When he got up, our life got up. When he got up, the book of life opened. God wrote our names in the book of life. I'm so glad I don't have to worry about Sheol. I don't have to worry about Hades. I don't have to worry about the grave. I don't have to worry about Gehenna. I don't have to worry about the lake of fire. Amen, amen, amen. If you appreciate this message, please tell someone. Go to YouTube, check, like, and subscribe. Don't keep it to yourself. I will see you in two weeks if it's the Lord's will. And the creek don't rise. Amen.